Hello, podcast. Looks like we're recording right this time. And uh, Periscope, welcome. Periscope Twitter, while we still got it, though this ends, the Periscope side will be ending on the 31st of March. Okay? A lot of big stories here today. Congratulations to the Alabama Great season, undefeated season, probably the best offense in the history of their program. Uh, Paul Feinbaum said that's the best team. This guy's been covering them since the early 80s, I want to say, since the Bear Bryant days before Bear Bryant retired. We're going to talk about Brian Schottenheimer, offensive coordinator. Just now, uh, news broke. He got fired from the um, Seattle Seahawks there. And that was kind of a breaking news. Didn't see that coming. Doug Peterson really didn't see that coming. Though they had uh, some issues there. Andre Johnson talking about Deshaun Watson. I'll get to my opinion. Quite frankly, I'll double down on what I said last week. And uh, we will go over that. But first, let me tell you about Alternate. Alternate's a nonprofit, 100%. Uh, funded by Tolick Bortz out of Brooklyn, New York area. Receive support or partner with New York Ranger hockey team, former Ranger legends, Mark Messier, Adam Graves, Ron Duguay, WFAN's Boomer Esiason, most legendary local sports, sports talk station in the country. They provide humanitarian and educational services to underserved communities. For example, pay for fees, for youth to play sports, provide equipment. They also help out in the music and arts field for more information on how to donate or request help for youth. Please contact them at www.altronite.com. That is A-L-T-R-U-N-I-T-E.com. Visit their Facebook page or call 917-775-775. 4005. Tell them Robert from Sports Scope sent you alternate. Good people doing a good thing. Okay. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of breaking news here, and I'll start with the latest. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer, offensive coordinator, three years fired from the Seattle Seahawks. Some of you voter. Uh, listeners, uh, football fans, NFL fans. Yes, that is the son of one of the more conservative playoff uh, head coaches in the league. Great, great regular season head coach, Marty Schottenheimer. Son of Marty Schottenheimer, probably helped him get his foot in a lot of doors. Has been fired from Seattle. Now, they had a top flight offense the first nine weeks, and then they have fallen off to uh, half of that, and even farther than that, down the stretch this particular season is what this story says. And I'll, I'll tell you guys right now, they really need uh, – Russell Wilson will be 33 this year. He's not getting any younger. We know he's a great athlete. We get it. He's still an undersized quarterback. He still has to move around and shift in the pocket. He needs – He is at his best, like a lot of quarterbacks, like most quarterbacks, with a reliable running game. And what they need to do, quite frankly, these guys play 
they play San Francisco twice a year. Uh, they they play Minnesota this year. They need a Gary Kubiak type of offensive coordinator, somebody to deliver a zone run blocking scheme. Help Russell Wilson out there. Uh, very vanilla offense. Very straight ahead. Nothing of any imagination. Need to add some shifts. You can win a Super Bowl with this guy. And their offense has gotten stale. Uh, it's gotten better than it was at one time with their receiving core. DK Metcalf, huge breakout season for him. Really building on what he did at the end of last year. This, the, over, the overwhelmingly number one receiver, kind of like his counterpart from college, A.J. Brown, and much higher draft pick, Corey Davis, didn't even catch a pass last week. D.K. Metcalf, two touchdowns on the best cornerback in the league, Jalen Ramsey, but they had no running game. They've not had a running game. They've had offensive line issues. A lot of that is scheme. You start to look at some of what Andy Reid does. You start to look at some of the great running games that I think if uh, Russell Wilson had the running game of a, say, Kirk Cousins, for say, with the Dalvin Cook, with that zone block running scheme that Gary Kubiak has brought up to Minnesota, that saved Mike Zimmer's job, okay? So that is what I would do there, and I understand the philosophy there behind that in Seattle. And don't remind, uh, let me remind you, uh, anybody, any team that has players like that, like a Chris Carlson, like a Russell Wilson, and you still have trouble, let me, uh, let's put, that's my uh, script there for my potential advertiser, and I was throwing away my wrong, um, wrong sheet there. You have to look at your staff. And I'm going to talk about the Steelers and their lack of offensive production. Uh, just kind of giving you guys a reminder there going with that. Okay. Now, now Doug Peterson was fired at, from the Eagles. Okay. He's been there four years. By the way, I looked this up, everybody. Average NFL coach lasts about four years. You know, I was thinking to myself on the way home today or while I was working late. You know, I don't know if I, if, I, if I was a head coach in the NFL. Uh, I don't have wife and kids or none of that stuff. But even if I did, I would still tell the wife and kids, you know, I think we want to rent, you know, because you're only going to be the, the average coach last four something years. The greatest of all time, Bill Belichick, was fired from, from Cleveland. I'm sure Nick Saban, greatest college head coach, undisputed, seven national championships. Uh, I bet he was probably fired at some point, you know? So, but the, this Doug Peterson thing, uh, he buttoned heads with this Howie Roseman, this general manager, and Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, he wanted to use a protege, 32-year-old, uh, Press Taylor, and they did not want to do that. They, they didn't want to do that. They, meaning Howie Roseman, and, of course, the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, did a lot of reading on this before I wanted to comment on it. The Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, some of their writers are saying from opinion side that really it's more about Rosen. And uh, Rosen, by the way, the general manager, Howie Roseman, he uh, was 
in charge of the doctors. He was in charge of the medical staff. He was in charge of that, hiring and firing those guys. Well, what's one of the biggest issues the Eagles have had in the last two years is injuries. They've had way more than anybody on the average should have. That's a major problem there. And this guy was in charge of it. Doug Peterson said he got tired of being, uh, you know, uh, told what to do. They've been overmanaging. Uh, it hasn't still really been clear of who took did the quarterback situation that bled over in the last week with all the criticisms there. But you got to look at this guy. We got to be, we got to look at it from an honest assessment. Okay, this guy's been there four years. Three of those years ago, he wins the Super Bowl. Uh, the next year, goes to the playoffs, wins a playoff game as a wild card. Last year, with all those injuries, wins the division. So three of those four years, Super Bowl win. You know when's the last time this team won the Super Bowl prior to Doug Peterson in 2017, 2018? That was in 1960. I wanted to double check before I started this program because I was thinking to myself, man, have they even won? I'm 39. I'll be 40 in July. Have they even won a Super Bowl in my lifetime? And I thought maybe they did in the early 80s. I think they got to the Super Bowl in the early 80s under Ron Jaworski. I think so. But they didn't win it. They did, they did not win. And I went back and looked at that. They did not win the Super Bowl. So this guy takes them to the Super Bowl. And you got to give him the credit. You know, he's the one calling the shots in those big, that big Super Bowl game. Nick Foles, uh, you know, people want to say, well, Frank Wright, give him the credit. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, but I'll say this. So you go through three coaches in eight years. And Colin Coward, to give the guy credit, made a good point about this. He said, is it really a good job? You know, Andy Reid had one bad season, they fired him. And Chip Kelly went in record, they fired him. And now this guy, Doug Peterson, who, who bounced back. Now, now that it's all coming out, about the situation there, and the Philadelphia Inquirer's writing about it, this guy will probably get major interviews this year with all these other vacancies. And he should. So, and I was reading this, Howie Roseman ha has been under Jeffrey, Jeffrey Laurie since for, uh, for 25, uh, what is it, 20 years? 20 years, yeah. Since he was 25 years old. Guys known him a long time. I guess he feels like he can trust him and whatnot. But when, when I looked at the fact that he's in charge of the staff and the trainers and all that, I, I thought I thought the coach had something to do with all that. Uh, you know, that's the biggest problem. Their injuries, they cannot stay healthy. You want to say maybe the coaching philosophy and everything. But, you know, they've got the sixth pick. I talked about this on the Mac and Jack Sports Show. Comes on eight. Um, 8 a.m. Eastern time, Wednesday through Sunday, uh, three-hour show there. And I was telling them that 
You know, these guys got the six pick because they were making a big issue about them tanking or whatever. They got the six pick. Now they got to have a shot at quarterback. So maybe maybe you trade Carson. Uh, maybe uh, it was a coach issue with Wentz, but we don't know that 100% there. But I'll say this, that with that six pick, maybe you want to get, because I don't think, I don't think uh, Hertz is the answer, and I do not think that um, I think Wentz. I think things that went really south. Maybe bringing another coach. I get it, but it sounds like he may want out of Philadelphia as well. Remember, that's a very tough town, tough on their players, a lot of fights in the stands, very tough fan base. But um, I'm not sure if I would have fired. And maybe Roseman is the bigger problem. Kind of sound. I mean, I got to give this guy credit too. He was part of the drafting those players to win that Super Bowl. But it kind of sounds like a Bruce Allen situation. That's the right hand man that was for years under Daniel Snyder, uh, Washington's uh, football team's owner. He just finally decided to pull the plug on him. So that's interesting to see how that plays out. But they're getting a reputation. You know, uh, Philadelphia is getting a reputation. I'm sure the owner listens to Sports Talk Radio. Cleveland was getting that reputation for a while. They started being a little bit more patient with coaches. Now they're in the playoffs. They've won a playoff game. Uh, but if you're Jeffrey Lurie, you got to think to yourself, you know what, I don't want that reputation. So my thing is they probably won't, especially with their cap situation, They, you know, they're pretty much maxed out. They, they can either rebuild or they're going to have to make a major decision at quarterback here, you know. And um, if I'm a veteran head coach out there, uh, if, if I'm an a offensive coordinator like an Eric enemy on a hot team right now, should I take that Philadelphia job? No, I don't think so. Because here's the thing, guys. All teams get injured. Some teams get decimated with injuries. Denver – I, I, I really am glad that, that Chuck um, Vint, uh, Vic Vangio with Denver got, got another chance, you know, got another year. They got decimated with injuries. One bad, uh, you know, thing after another. But this has been multiple years. But everybody should get a get-out-of-jail-free card when you have un- injuries like that. Now, if it's multiple years, there's something wrong with your training staff. That's a big issue with the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't – now, if I'm a young guy, 35 years old, my age, 38, 39, 40, uh, been a coordinator for four or five years, maybe want to take a chance. Even though I, I'm going there, I'm renting. I don't think I'm going to own and get my feet wet to, to, to let it – to see what it feels like to be an actual head coach, a CEO in charge even though I know this is an unsteady job. So that's probably what they're going to get, not unless uh, Lori does a heck of a sales job. But if I'm a major college football coach, uh, you know, Bob Stoops, somebody like that, Urban Meyer, uh, or, or a big-name coordinator, Eric being somebody like that, I'm just not going to take that job. And it does not look like a good job. So that just doesn't – it just looks like it's going from bad to worse there. Okay, Deshaun Watson cannot stay out of the news. Uh, he said he would open up a trade to Miami. And I said this before. You know, we talked about this last week. 
uh, putting two birds together here. Talked about it on the Mac and Jack Sports Show. I believe I talked about it uh, on last Tuesday's Sports Scope. And what I was talking about there was that, uh, you know, Houston, Houston, they're, they're $20 million over the cap room next year. Miami, again, not to sound like a broken record, Miami uh, has their draft pick, their first round and their second round pick. Uh, they don't have any cap room. Your quarterback is unhappy. Uh, your main defensive player there, J.J. Watson, happy. He really wants out, wants to play for a champion. He's 31 years old. Now, he, he is in his second to last year. He's in a contract year next year. And the cap number is not that bad on neither one of these players late next year. I don't want to say it's $17 million on Deshaun Watson. And it, it, it's less than that. It's like 15 on J.J. Watt. Now, he, uh, it came to my attention that, that the Houston, uh, that Sean Watson has a, has, has a no trade clause in his contract. Uh, Andre Johnson said that, you know, he, he's behind Watson uh, totally 100%. And he said something in regards to, there was this guy, what is his name, Easterby or something like that, LRB, that he is, um, that, that this guy that's come over from the uh, Patriots has ran this team in the ground. I thought I had his name wrote down here, but I guess I don't. Uh, let's see. I know I got it in here. I think I, I think I saved it on my Twitter account. But either way, it's one of those deals where you know, if the, look, if the guy again, not to sound like a broken record, if the guy's not happy, Jack Easterby is what uh, former uh, Houston Houston Texans said. Again, okay, sure. Let's see what you got, Miami. If Houston doesn't want to, they trade and say, all right, give me those two first-round picks. Give me those two second-round picks. Give me a first-round next year, and then we'll have ourselves a deal. You have a top-flight, uh, uh, ready-made, in-his-prime, championship-level quarterback for uh, a bunch of draft picks. There's a bunch of maybes. They, you know, And you hear people say, well, these guys – we don't – you can't put a price tag on a quarterback. But my thing is, the guy, you're not going to have any cap room for him. He's going to be unhappy. He's already publicly made some comments about the organization. So if you're that unhappy, that's fine. We want to start over. we got a new general manager. we got new player personnel people. Uh, J.J. Watt, our leader on defense, he's unhappy. Let's reboot this thing. And go out and get some draft picks. Let's get some of this money off of our cap. Let's get a quarterback under a rookie contract. Listen, guys. Justin uh, Herbert this past year. Joe uh, Burrow from Cincinnati. Both rookie quarterbacks. Both ready-made to play. You look at the other young quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson himself. The, the draft is putting out. You have a higher hit radius than you have 10, 20 years ago. These guys are getting in these camps earlier. 
the college schemes are being more. Look at Mar Jackson. I'll get to him. They're being more adapted in the NFL game. So you're having more of a hit radius. Look at all the teams that are winning Super Bowls now. Look at all the teams that are going far in the playoffs. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, rookie quarterback, uh, rookie contract quarterback. Last year, Patrick Mahomes, rookie contract quarterback. Uh, Jared Goff, quarterback was on a rookie contract. If this guy can play, there, if he's somewhat competent, can he make the throws? You can build up a better, much better defense around him. You can go a little higher on skill positions around him. You can you can go a little bit higher on um, just about everything around the guy. But when you have to pay them thirty plus forty million dollars a year, uh, you're starting to see those teams have to carry the team just a little bit more. So that is something to keep in mind. There, uh, the hit radius is what it is. I would do it, you know, and he's saying something. I heard something about some social justice issue. He didn't like that with Houston. I think there's some kind of thing that uh, political issue with him and the organization. They fired some lady that uh, uh, she said it was they, they said it wasn't a good fit. She worked in the public relations department or something like that of that nature from Houston. And he's publicly criticizing the organization uh, as soon as they hired another New England guy. So there's all the reasons in the world to move on. If you move on and miss, and he goes out and wins a couple of Super Bowls, so what? What if you keep him and you have another 4-11 year and you lose another year uh, with Deshaun Watson and you still have that cap problem, you're going to have to dump that cap, those, those bad Bill O'Brien picks anyways. So why not do that, you know? Again, I'm on board with doing it. I know people think it's crazy, but I, I'm I'm a risk taker. Uh, I'm looking at the hit righties and quarterbacks. Why not? Okay. So those are my big notes there from the NFL. Okay, I will comment on the national championship game. Uh, Nick Saban, greatest of all time. He's official. He's got seven. Bill, uh, oh, God, what's the guy's name? Bear Bryant. He's got six championships, uh, greatest offense of all time. And look, remember this guy beat COVID this year. Uh, they had to play two extra, uh, two extra conference games this year. This is a very impressive championship by this team. And the one thing I want to say about that, my biggest thing is he's going to remember us just now talking about Bill O'Brien. He's going to hire former. Head coach Bill O'Brien, he's hired former head coach Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, who's now with the head coach at Texas. Not sure how that's going to play out. Probably too big a job for him. But what's one commonality that Nick Saban, uh, a couple of things. These are good learning lessons for you guys. And what that is is that, for one thing, in life, if you want to be successful, you got to be willing to involve. This guy used to be running ball, deep, run the football, play defense, smother the other team. He saw the way the league was going. He saw the fact that he was giving up too many points and not winning scoring uh, shootouts with Clemson. So what does he do? He goes and flips it to more of an offensive uh, type of scheme, and he's not he he's not insecure enough to 
hire someone that he feels like in another area that may be more knowledgeable than he is. We have to lose our insecurities and work with people that are smarter than us in different areas to be successful. If you look at it, like again, he hired Lane Kiffin, controversial coach. He saw there's something good about Lane Kiffin. He can recruit good and he's good with quarterbacks. Uh, look out like Butch Jones. Come here. He, Butch Jones just recently got a job at Arkansas State, former University of Tennessee coach. While he was at Tennessee, this guy recruited really well, got some NFL players, and he brought him in. Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian. Now he's bringing in former NFL Bill O'Brien. So I really give it to Nick Saban. He's not afraid of change. He's not, a, he's not insecure about hiring somebody else another head coach. I think other coaches to do that. You know, most coaches are not that secure to hire another former head coach on their staff, thinking they're going to try to undermine them, thinking that um, if things go bad, maybe they ask for the firing of this coach and move on to him. Now, this guy did this way before he won this national championship. But I just think that uh, it, it's something to think about with Nick Saban. It is a very impressive season. Uh, again, like I said a few weeks ago, when this guy pushing 70 years old, look at how bad they got beat last year to LSU. year before that, they, they lose to Auburn. Uh, you feel like the league, uh, they've been out recruited by Georgia. He, you feel, and then he's getting blown out. Uh, was it year before that? And Clem by Clemson, you feel like he's slipping. He's on the back nine of his career, and he comes back stronger than ever. They win the national championship, has a, another Heisman Trophy winner. And on top of all that, guys, they got the number one class next year. So kudos to Nick Saban. Uh, I, I'm not a bandwagon guy, but I admire people that are successful at that level, uh, no matter what in uh, endeavor it is. You know, so that is what I have to say about that. I had to restart my um, podcast there, everybody. By the way, if you want to find sport, sports scope on other uh, venues here, I'm, I'm on Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast, uh, you can find sports scope. Write the word sports, the word S K O P E, put them together, you can find my program. Okay, getting into the last week's games now. Now, Cleveland played Pittsburgh. Now, by the way, I was 3-3 three and three in my picks last week. I did not see uh, Cleveland beating up on Pittsburgh. I don't think anybody did, especially by that margin. Uh, I did not see uh, Seattle losing to a banged-up quarterback uh, uh, Ram team. I know the Rams had a good defense, but Seattle – has now fired their offensive coordinator. Rams play great defense. Uh, quarterback goes to the hospital, neck injuries. Now he's made come back. It, it wasn't that serious. And then they put in Jared Goff with the banged up. So Walford's going to be back. Uh, great, great uh, run there by Cam Akers. Defense played well. Good pick six there. So I, did, I, I didn't call that one. And I thought that Tennessee would beat Baltimore. They had a 10-point lead. Uh, their defense got the worst of them. And, of course, Baltimore won. I'll go back through those games in more detail here in just a second. Uh, my thoughts on Cleveland and Pittsburgh. This is 
while the criticisms of Mike Tomlin come about. I praise the guy when, when he does good, and I got to call him out when he does bad, okay? I praised him when they went 11-0. All those COVID games, it stopped, it started, it's off, and they won anyways. But uh, this game, they weren't prepared. Uh, what was it? No, no, best offensive line out. Denzel Ward, their best corner was out. Uh, all those rested players for Pittsburgh, they should have had a jump on the running game. They should have had a big jump on the pass rush. Guys like Cam Hayward, uh, TJ Watt. All of them flying off the ball. They should have been all over this Cleveland team. It should have been 28-0 Pittsburgh early. Pittsburgh forgot how to run the football. Last time these two teams played, James Conner had over 100 yards. Gradually, as the season goes along, usually your running game gets better. The Steelers' running game got worse. 37 yards rushing this particular game, and they were down 28 to nothing in the first quarter. Uh, Pittsburgh finally scores 10 points in the second quarter, losing 48-37. A lot of that was pure blowout by Cleveland. Uh, the Steelers have a tendency of doing this in big games, uh, losing to lesser competition, playing down to their competition. Um, you know what? You can't write off the chi- uh, the the Cleveland to beat the Chiefs there. I think the Chiefs win. I know a lot of people starting to uh, talk about maybe Cleveland going up there beating the Chiefs. They got the running game to do it. They've got the tight end play. The Chiefs are weak against the tight end. They got the pass rush. But I think even if you get this Chiefs down, team down by 10, 20, even 28 points, I think the Chiefs can come back. Much better offensive coordinator. Much more competent offense, much more depth at, at, at skill positions there, better offensive line. Uh, and then you got a quarterback in his prime. So I do think the Chiefs will win that game, but I think it'll be a high score and really good game to watch. I haven't looked at the weather report there, but I do still like the Chiefs to win that game. Now, as far as this game is concerned, um, you know, you got to look at uh, Big Ben throwing those lazy passes, really looking bad in this game. And you got to look at that lack of running game that this team has had. It's really hurt him, the fact that he's older, can't run around a lot, like a uh, like a guy that reminds me of a younger version of um, – like a younger version – excuse me, guys. No problem of a Ben Roethlisberger. So my thing is they're going to have to get a new offensive coordinator. They've had this guy since 2018, uh, Todd Haley. I know that he did not get along. The former offensive coordinator guy's got kind of a personality issue. A lot of people can't get along with offensive coordinator Todd Haley from Pittsburgh, used to be a Pittsburgh. Uh, The guy they've got now, uh, they, they cannot run the football. They have no balance. I think that would be the next shoot to drop uh, would be the Steelers move off their offensive coordinator. They've got to get back to running the football. They need to draft another quarterback. The, their backup quarterback is not it. Ben Roethlisberger is 39 years old. They're going to have to do that. They're going to have to get a new coordinator. Um, new quarterback, maybe not. Ben, not reti- ben may retire on us, guys. 
uh, the season just in. A lot of times these guys take about a week off, then they come back, and then you hear that they have retired. So the Steelers may be in the quarterback. They should be in the quarterback, and they need to make a change on the offensive coordinator side. I hate calling for people's jobs, but this is a hard line, uh, bottom line business. Again, in case you guys just now join me, the average head coach lasts about four years in the NFL. You know, the average head coach lasts about four years. Not the, not the same situation with the Steelers, I get it. But uh, other games here. Uh, Ravens, Tennessee. Now, you know, I've been one of Lamar James's biggest critics. Lamar Jackson, excuse me. I'll have to say that Lamar Jackson is a guy that, that does the work. He still has problem reading the defense, throwing uh, passes to the uh, sidelines there, to the corners. Now, I, the team got down 10 points. Offensive coordinator still called some plays down the field. They they didn't panic. Uh, they still called some deep plays and I, to, to the post. Thank you. And he made some of those throws. He hit Hollywood Brown. I think it's guy's name, Marquis. He hit Hollywood Brown for a few. Had Hollywood on a fantasy team there. So he did do that. Now, Tennessee's got a really bad pass rush. I thought Tennessee would figure this out. The defense. They held Henry to 40-something yards rushing Derrick Henry. So they did really well. They run the ball well, and he made a couple big throws in that game. I've got to give Lamar Jackson credit for that. Uh, he did not panic first time. He was down 10 on the roll. Uh, Henry, well, the defense, you've got to give this Baltimore defense credit. They did not let him get that second he didn't. They didn't let him get that momentum going like he normally does. He he almost broke one in the fourth quarter, but they held on and Baltimore played smart. Uh, you know, this team's got a really good secondary. They've got a good pass rush. They're healthy with Clayus Campbell now. Brandon Williams. I think they have a good shot to go up there and beat Buffalo. Buffalo can't run the ball, guys. Uh, they have the issue like the Steelers. The the difference between them is uh, Josh Allen's like 15 years younger than Ben Roethlisberger, and he can he can run faster than Ben Roethlisberger, and he, he's the running back and the quarterback. I don't know if he can beat Buffalo. You know, I don't know if uh, he, he can beat Baltimore, excuse me. But so I got to give Lamar Jackson credit for that. Uh, I'm, is he going to win him a Super Bowl or anything? I don't know. But I think he he's... He got credit this week for me, okay? He's got that playoff thing off his back. Yeah. Now, if it's cold and snowy, uh, Buffalo susceptible to the run. I think that this, this Baltimore team will be able to run the football on them. They're the number one rushing team in the NFL, Tennessee number two. This, this game got over with at like 245. It was very quick pace game. Uh, Washington... Uh, Tampa goes on, gets their first win in the playoffs there. Brady looked good. Sharp as attack. I know they got some injuries there. Played well. Saints, okay, here, here's my thing. Bears won. 
Our Saints beat the Bears 21-9. Uh, Chuck Magano, by the way, the defensive coordinator, uh, he had uh, he had retired. So the Bears are going to have to go out and get another coordinator. Here's my thing. This is my criticism. Of, uh, this is probably Breeze's last year. The last three years, this team has not scored over 23 points in the playoffs. And th- this um, this team has not scored over tw- – you know, and you guys watch the Saints like I do. They average 30-something points in the regular season. So my thing is that uh, if they were playing anybody else, I don't know. I mean, they're living off their defense. If they beat Tampa next week, it's because that uh, Brady couldn't get out of Brady couldn't get out of the way. Brady couldn't get the pass off. They have a good pass rush, best one in years. But they are, yeah. But they're scoring. Every year I say that. You know, last year he took a few games off because he hurt his arm. This year he was injured again with the ribs, so his arm was rested for several games deeper into the season. Yeah, and that 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 is a real um, criticism. Those gimmicks, teams practice harder. They concentrate more. The focus is better in the regular, in the playoffs than it is in a regular season for defense, right? So if that defense, by the way, I don't know why anybody haven't looked at Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator for um, for the Saints as a head coach. But my thing is, they they just don't they they just don't score points in the they just they they're the much worse in the postseason. Now this is going to be a tough call for me. Uh, I really the fact that they have beat this Tampa team twice decisively. I could see them beating Tampa again because of the way they match up. It feels like Sean Payton has Todd Bowles figured out, you know, and Brady can't get the ball off. Now, since that last game, Brady, much more chemistry with with Antonio Brown, much more chemistry with the, um, oh, God, what's the other guy? Well, Evans is a given. Uh, Chris Godwin, much more chemistry there. So, this team's tough against the run, you know, but Brady, he's going to have to make a lot of big throws there. And the fact that they blew them out twice, did they take them lightly like Pittsburgh took Cleveland last year? That's something for me to look and study at during the week before I make predictions on Thursday. But it, it's something to think about, you know. But, but you know, 21 to 9. Seven points in the first quarter, seven in the third, seven in the fourth. Now, the, this is why I'm bringing this up, guys. The Bears had uh, Raquan Smith, one of their best defensive players, was out. They had cornerbacks out. They had one of their defensive linemen out. This, the Saints had uh, Mike Thomas back. They had a rested uh, Latavius Murray, rested Alvin Kamara because they they got they were on the COVID list. They weren't sick. They was just on the list. And then they had Jared Cook. They had Jared Cook. Uh, this team is really bad against a tight end uh, defensively, but they couldn't. They should be worse against the tight end 
defensively, the Bears. And, and you know, Tampa couldn't do nothing with or uh, the, the Saints couldn't do anything with them. So I'm real hesitant to put this Saints team in, in, the, um, in the Super Bowl this year. I'm sorry. Uh, you guys mentioned gimmicks and stuff. Maybe, just maybe. Uh, if I'm and I mentioned this in the regular season, they're probably going to have to use this other quarterback. You're probably going to have to use this other quarterback. Um, oh God, what's the guy's name? Their gadget guy that they had when Breeze was out. Uh, whatever his name is, the guy with the yeah, think Taysom Hill. Use him. Now they did use him in the fifty yard line in one play. They're going to have to use more of him because Breeze has got that arm issue. They, they look very vanilla. Maybe they bounce back because they. This is the second week back for Mike Thomas. I forgot about Emmanuel Sanders, by the way. I didn't even. I didn't even mention Emmanuel Sanders. So, uh, if you're a Saints fan, you got to be concerned about maybe this might not be their year after all. You know, I tell you what. If, if the Saints beat the the Bucks. I think that, um, and this, for right now, what I'm thinking right now, Green Bay, even though I think the Rams can beat anybody with that defense, it looks like the Aaron Donald's pretty banged up. Now, they're going to have Walford back, uh, their young quarterback, but they got to go up to Lambeau Field and play up there. If Green Bay wins that game, I think Green Bay can beat either team at home. I really think they can beat this um, Saints team. Remember, they've already beat the Saints earlier this year. So Green Bay feels like they can beat the Saints, okay? And I know Tampa beat up on Green Bay also earlier this year, but I don't think Tampa can beat the Saints, I think that'll be a low-scoring game. So that's my issue. So I'm really leaning Green Bay to get to the Super That was last year's pick. And, of course, I came up short. The 49ers destroyed them in the NFC Championship game. But I got to study the injury report, guys. I want to see what Walford's neck, John Walford, situation is about. So that's something to look at. Now the Colts, Buffalo, first win, 25 years. Kudos, Buffalo fans. You know, Mac and Jack show, they were asking me about, okay, so, yeah, yeah, I think the Chiefs are, my preseason was the Chiefs is going to go back, they're going to beat Tampa in the Super Bowl. I still feel like the Chiefs are the best team. Uh, I think they can get down. They, remember, they were down 24 to nothing last year. They came back on Houston, a lot of confidence, hard time staying motivated this year. Look like they may have Clyde Edwards Hilary back at running back. Uh, that Daryl Williams guy. Of course, you got Le'Veon Bell. I like the balance there. Uh, they're relatively healthy. They're at home. I think the Chiefs are still that good. It's hard for them to stay motivated every week, you know. But uh, Buffalo Bills, you know, the Bills are very lenient on Josh Allen. He was my. Uh, dark horse MVP coming into this season, 324, 54 rushing yards. Now, Zach Moss, I think he got hurt. I don't think he's going to be back. I think he was carted off the field. Now, this Buffalo game, Buffalo-Baltimore, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be one I've had to study really hard at, guys, because Buffalo, you can you can beat them with the tight end, 
and you can get rushing touchdowns. We saw what uh, Jonathan Taylor, what he done, but we also saw what uh, the rushing touchdowns that, that, that Denver put on them, two touchdowns there with their guy there, um, and the fact that they can't run the football Buffalo. Well, what does Baltimore do? They're the number one rushing team in the NFL. Mark Andrews is the top uh, target for Lamar Jackson. And this team has a decent or, or an excellent discipline secondary. So that's going to be a great game. And if it's a weather game, that's going to favor the running team even more. But then again, you know, when you do have to make your throws, Lamar can be wild and Josh Allen can be accurate. That's why I'm not, I haven't got my mind made up. I'm not sure about Tampa. Uh, I'm not sure about a lot of these. Those three games right there particularly I'm not sure about. Uh, the Rams and, and Green Bay next week, still not sure about that. I know because it's, Rams' defense is so good, they can go up there and beat Green Bay. And this game right here, Buffalo game, Buffalo-Baltimore, uh, I'm not sure about that. That's why, that's why, you know, games aren't played on paper, right? And I'm not sure about the um, – well, those three games, right? Yeah, Tampa, Tampa, New Orleans, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Rams and Green Bay. The other ones I'm sure about, of course, you know, I like Kansas City, and uh, I don't know who else is playing next week. That man, that was one I'm, I'm actually sure. I think Kansas City would be able to beat Cleveland, but then again, hey, I didn't think Pittsburgh would be able to uh, play that bad. Okay, Rams. Rams beat Seahawks 30 to 20. Cam Makers 131. Now, we just talked about Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, very conservative, kind of like his dad, Marty Schottenheimer, fired today after three years offensive coordinator. Again, to full for those of you who just joined me, if you're a Seattle fan, if you're a Russell Wilson fan, you want to get an offensive coordinator. It's kind of like the offensive coordinator for Minnesota. Gary Kubiak put that zone blocking run. You give this guy a good running game, beat anybody in the league. Uh, maybe get a little bit more pass rusher players in the, in the, in the uh, draft or whatever, and that they, they can be unstoppable at the time because they got Metcalf and, of course, Lockett there. Russell Wilson's 33 right in his prime. That's what they need. And a little bit of a pass rush. I get it, but that's mainly what this team needs. So, um Good move there. Same thing with, with Pittsburgh. They need a new offensive coordinator. So that are my thoughts there, guys. I'm at 46 minutes rolling big time here. Want to make sure I got all my notes. Always check my phone. Again, uh, I know a lot of stuff's coming up. about. I want to reiterate that again. Deshaun Watson saying he's wanting to get out of Miami or out of Houston, that he would up – he would – uh, pull his uh, non-trade clause uh, to go to Miami. And I'm like, okay, Miami is uh, Tua is just uh, Tua, Deshaun Watson, Tony Dungy. If Dungy wants to come out of retirement, yeah, that'd be a pretty good fit. I think their defense would be that much better. But... Um, yeah, and again, I would, I would draft, and, and I was telling this on Mac and Jack's show. Uh, I mean, of course, you get Deshaun Watson. I would, I give him my first, both my first, both my second, and maybe another player for Deshaun Watson. But if I'm Miami and I have that free pick, if I can't trade it, 
I'm going I'm to draft another quarterback. I'm going to draft uh, the Wilson guy or Fields, if he falls that far, to three. And, you know, whoever whoever don't make it, you could trade them. You get a second-round pick for it. You won't get full value either way. But if you miss, if you miss on Tua, you're going to be out in a few years. If you miss on both of them, guess what? You're probably going to be out in a few years anyways. But if you hit, you define your legacy there as a head coach if you're Brian Flores, and it's a major life achievement. So I take the chance, man, because they're not going to have another three pick again. NFL means not for long, everybody. So I'm going to look at my notes and make sure that I'm not missing anything. Like I said, uh, Dallas Cowboys get Dan Quinn. We'll see how good that Dan Quinn is going to be. I wasn't in love with him as a coordinator. If they got a good pass rush, he he can be good at times. I, I would rather for them to go back and get maybe their former defensive coordinator a few coordinators ago, not – not the previous one, but the one before that. I can't remember his name. I would have looked around. Um, Quinn may be fine there. Uh, it's not a bad hire, per se. But uh, I may even brawl in like a Rex Ryan. But I don't think Ryan wants to get back into the game. So, yeah, they were number one from 13 to 14. They're going to have to get some more defensive players here. Uh, looking, just looking through some of my notes here, making sure that I did not miss anything. Uh, Saints playoffs. And like I said, guys, I'm just not, I'm not really sure about the Saints this year offensively, because that is a real, um, bugaboo there. They, they, they don't score in the postseason nowhere near as much. So that's the end of my program. Everybody, if you like my show, like it, share it uh, here on Twitter. Facebook, you can follow me, Sports Scope, the page here on Facebook here. Uh, and, and subscribe to my podcast, Sports SKOPE, on the Spotify app there. I would greatly appreciate it. Go out, try Alternate, excellent nonprofit organization to help youth in the New York City Northeast area. Look up Northeast uh, Stream Sports there. With a lot of great shows through the Mac and Jack program there uh, that I'm a part of that network. I'm an independent contractor, but I'm part of that uh, North Stream Sports Network there. So have a good night, everybody. I will see you Thursday. We're going to break down these games. I'm going to give you those answers to those questions. Can Buffalo, who's going to win Buffalo, Baltimore? What's going to happen with Tampa and New Orleans? And what is going to happen with the Rams and the Packers? It's Those are not slam dunks, guys. If I, I would not bet the farm on any of those games because they can go either way. So have a good night, everybody. I'll see you Thursday here around 9 p.m. Central Time here on Sports Scope.